0: Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to the first ever Rambling Brews podcast, Bonus Brew, a surprise midweek drop when you're least expecting it, where I've got an unbelievable guest returning for the third time to break down his new venture into fatherhood, long distance running, and as always, mixed martial arts, mainly the bout this past weekend between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor. He is my brother, JTL. How's it going, big dog?
1: What's up, man? Glad to be back.
0: Yeah, dude, definitely uh, happy to get you back on here. And how is the fatherhood treating you, man? Uh, you know, a couple, what's it, about like a month or so, two months now almost?
1: Yeah, a month yesterday, actually. Oh, wow.
0: It goes yeah, quick, so man.
1: It does. I mean, it's quick and slow at the same time, but everything's just a blur at this stage. It's not bad, though. I mean, it's an adjustment just like anything else, but he's cool. I enjoy it. Not much I can do at this point to, like, help feed him or anything, but, you know, I change a couple diapers here and there, push him in the stroller, take him out on an adventure, so it's, it's been good. There you go, man. That's what I
0: like to hear. Uh, the name for for the listeners out there, the name of the, the legendary Lonich baby is uh, Luka Lonich, which I think honestly sounds like either the best lefty uh, attack lacrosse player of all time or the light heavyweight champion in like the UFC in like
1: 2042. Like it just I sounds mean, like a sick name. It's gonna happen. I, so I lost the bet. Uh, well, I guess not a bet. I lost the discussion. So I wanted to <laughs> name him uh, Dragoslav and then call him Drago. Got shut down on that. So. Luca is the, the next, uh, it's also Luca with a K and I want to, I want to point that out because that's the correct Eastern European spelling. And it's also not named in any way, shape or form after that new Disney movie. So I just want to get that out
2: right now.
0: <laughs> that's a good point, dude. Honestly, my daughter, uh, Sydney, she just runs around all the time. She loves that Luca. Well, we took her, um, I think Sarah, actually my wife, which is incredible. She's 32 years old. We went through uh, McDonald's drive through about a month ago and she ordered a happy meal <clears> for herself. Not for uh, my daughter, but she was telling me, "Oh, I, th- I want to get the toy for for Sydney." Uh, you know, whatever she can say, whatever she wants. But she ordered a Happy Meal <laughs> as a 32 year old, but it came with Luca, and my daughter loves it, dude. Like, so maybe he'll be uh, in- into the movie whenever you know he he's able to understand what's going on. But yeah, I-, I was wondering if it was like a Croatian name or something like that. I know you're big on the the Croatian heritage.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it kind of is like that's what we were going through when we were looking at names and. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, I'm Croatian, so we were going through popular names in Croatia because Aisha wanted to do something that was unique, but not super unique, that it was like, weird, you know? So we were right. going back and forth. Luca was one of the f- ones we found or decided upon right in the beginning, and uh, Aisha's going to get mad that I put, in case we have another kid, but she's going to get mad that I say these names. But we had it boiled down to our top three were Luca, Everett, and then Arlo, but... Aisha and I have this big disagreement on what a nickname is. So she thinks a nickname is just whatever your name is shortened. So she's like, oh, if we call him this, people are going to just call him blah, blah, blah. So like forever. She's like, people are going to call him Ev. And for Arlo, they're going to call him Ari. And I don't like those names. I was like, that's not what a nickname is. Like a nickname is, oh, you know, your name is John, but we call you, you know, Junebug or some shit like that. You know what I mean? So like (laughs) we had a, had a big discussion over that. But we ended up, it was just one of those ones that as the list kept growing and then diminishing and adding new names and going back and forth. Luca was just the one that, that stayed. And I, and I agree with you too. I like how Luca Lonich with the alliteration, I think it sounds cool. So no matter what he goes on to do in life, it'll, it'll be something that he can look back and be like, yeah, my name's not too bad.
0: Yeah, dude, I like that name a lot. Um, I wasn't surprised whenever you you texted me that was the name. Like, I didn't expect it to be Luca obviously, because I wasn't, like, thinking about it. But I was like, oh, I figured, um, you know, Jay would go with, you know, the the Eastern European Croatian name. Pretty sick name. And your point on uh, nicknames, my uh, pap's neighbor is good buddy. I think his name's Ricky, but they call him Fat Cat. So it has nothing to do with his name. So, like, (laughs) you can go back and tell Asia that, like, your nickname. You don't create your own nickname. People just call you whatever they want to call
1: you. (laughs) Yeah, like, we have a good friend from back in high school. His real name is Dave. But we call him Tut cuz when he was a kid he broke his leg and he used to sit on the front porch with a hockey stick and he would like bang on it when he needed to get his mom attention so we, she used to call him King Tut and now we I mean he's he's 34 years old and we still call him that so
0: Everybody still calls him Tut. Yeah, yeah that's hilarious. But,
1: yeah. I don't, but what's funny though so his middle name is Isaac and when we were in the hospital they came in and they gave us the paperwork for the birth certificate mm-hmm. And like I didn't sleep much. We were in the hospital just because it's, I mean, it's uncomfortable. You know what I mean? You get this like little couch off on the side and you're also in a hospital. So that's never fun.
0: You also feel like an asshole because your wife's just sitting there in agony and pain and you're like (laughs) comfortably sitting on the, or trying to comfortably sit on the couch. I'm like, I'm going to go get
1: Chick-fil-A. And like, I got my iPad out watching (laughs) Netflix, but they, they gave it to us and I filled out all the information. So all her information, my information, baby's name, all that kind of stuff. And Aisha's sitting there and. She's like going through all the information with me. And I'm like, babe, I got it. Like, I'm not stupid. I'm an adult. I have a fucking PhD. I, I know what I'm I know how to do these forms. You know what I mean? I know where I was born. I know what your birthday is. All that stuff. <laughs> right. But in my sleep deprivation, I ended up spelling Isaac I S S A C. So like Isaac. <laughs> And I didn't notice it until they brought it in to like verify before they sent it off to social security and they give it to me. And I kind of like half-assed just like, yep, looks good. And then Asia's like, you know what? Let me see that. And she looks at it and looks up at me like, you (laughs) dumbass.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's classic. Yeah, it is funny because like it's nerve wracking, dude, because like whenever we had Sydney, um, you know, it seems like forever ago. It's been two years, a little over two years, but. They bring in, like, the the birth certificate or the form or whatever, and you, like, because we didn't really have the name picked out. I don't know how you guys were. We had, like, ideas, Mm -hmm. but, like, we didn't really settle on something until basically they asked us, like, what's her name? And, like, for a little while, it was just, like, Baby M or whatever in the room, but we picked Sydney and then, yeah, it's like definitely nerve wracking to like fill out that, that form and knowing that that kid's going to have that name forever. Like hopefully they don't hate it and stuff like that, but that's yeah. pretty hilarious. Well, you they can go off they can go
1: change it. But dude, the whole thing was just a weird experience. Cause like they'd have nurses coming in all hours of the night and they, she was hooked up to all this stuff that they kept checking her, like her heart rate and her blood pressure. And then, you know, the lactation specialist is coming in we have people showing us how to change a diaper. We got to watch this video. We got to fill out this paperwork, but I did take a a brief like nap or I fell asleep basically. And the CYS worker comes, like the social worker comes in right? and I'm, I'm literally asleep on my feet. Like I don't hear a word she's saying. And then she looks at me and she goes, <laughs> so for people who don't know, for people who listen, so I'm in the military and I live out uh, in Kansas city right now. And there's, I don't, who the hell knows anyone out in Kansas city. Right. So it's just Asia and I were here by ourselves. And right. the lady, <laughs> she goes, what about you? Who's your support system? And I I couldn't comprehend the question. So I just go, I don't know. I have a brother, but he lives down in Florida. So I don't know about that. And then I just like, I, (laughs) that was the only answer I gave her. So she's looking at us like, Oh my God, like these people are going to be a fucking mess, but nothing happened. Like they didn't come knock on the door yet, you know? So I think it's going all right. But I just don't, I understand why they have to do all that stuff, but I wish they did it in a way that minimized the I guess margin of error, right? Because like they give you all this super it's not like paperwork, like, hey, you know, fill this out and we'll call your name here in a minute just to like get you in the system. Like, I gotta get hit like birthdays, family history, you know, right. our like where our family's located, what our care plan is. And then like they ask you all this crazy thoughts, like if you have thoughts of if you're overwhelmed, if you have thoughts of hurting yourself or hurting the baby and all this stuff. I'm like, of course I'm overwhelmed. I literally 15 minutes ago I didn't I've never had a baby in my life yeah and 15 minutes ago like, I wasn't
0: a dad now I'm responsible yeah. <laughs> for somebody
1: else <laughs> like, yeah so like obviously, obviously yeah, to figure exactly. it out and then like <laughs> I don't know how to answer but then I'm like oh, I'll just lie to him. but then I'm like they're they're professionals they'll know if I'm playing games with them and it's just it was a whole mess but he's fine he's safe he's healthy thank god
0: that's all that matters and the crazy thing honestly is like you're in the hospital and it's it's definitely a shock um for me at least it was you know you kind of like you just mentioned you know you're getting Um, you're going from just being like taking care of yourself, and now you're responsible for another human being like that quick. But, um, you know, and then like a couple days, you kind of feel comfortable at the hospital because you still have nurses there in case anything goes wrong, or they can show you how to swaddle a baby or how to give them a bath and stuff like that. Mm. But then, like after like a day or two, I don't know how long you guys were in the hospital, but when we had uh, Sydney, it was like two days, and they're like, "All right, see you later," and like they just like you just leave, and now you're just like on your own and. It's definitely like a lot to take in, but it's like anything else, man. You just learn as you go and you just have to think like, you know, There, I just thought about people that I knew from like high school Mm -hmm. that were like terrible that have kids and have multiple kids. And I'm like, if they can
1: do it, I definitely can do it. That's just, that's that's what I can tell myself too. I'm like, (laughs) there's some people out there that I don't even know how they function and they're, they're, they're keeping it together. Or at least their kids alive, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, but honestly, as soon as I heard the name, dude, I was pumped. I was like, oh, dude, Luke Alonich is going to have like 73 goals as an attackman for the University of Maryland. Yeah, like it just, uh, yeah, it just
1: rolls off the tongue, you know, it it sounds great. So hopefully he doesn't waste it on, you know, being an accountant or something. How did uh, Big
0: Tom and and your mom, uh, were they excited? Yeah, I'm sure they were. Yeah,
1: they were pumped. And then, so he technically, I mean, not technically, he did. He's early, but he's not, I don't classify it as like, preemie or premature i mean he was he was 37 weeks and uh two days but he was fully cooked almost you know what i mean like they didn't have any issues he'd have to go under the billy right. ribbon uh you know jaundice lights they had no concern his hearts and lungs were developed he was six pounds 13 ounces so he was a pre- on the bigger side so by definition he was premature but all the things that come with being a premature baby we didn't have to worry about so we're thankful for that but yeah my mom and dad were pumped and they came out uh, two weeks ago. So, like, he was only, like, two and a half, three weeks old. They came out. My mom wouldn't put him down the whole time, which was nice. Yeah, I bet she's just uh, loving it, man. It was the best. She, like, fed him and birthed him, rocked him to sleep, and I was just, like, laying on the couch taking naps. It was awesome. So
0: I, I always say that to my mom. I always feel like an asshole because, like, when I go see my mom or, like, we're going on vacation in, like, a week with the family, and my mom's telling me, she's like, this is the time that you need to take advantage, you know, let let the uh, the family take care of the baby and, like, the, you know, She's like, I'll be there in the house, blah, 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 blah. You guys can rest. Because, and you think about it, and you'll get to experience it, Jay, as you go longer. But, like, you know, you don't really, not that you want to be away from them, but like, you need a little bit of time to yourself. So, it's nice for the Mm -hmm. parents to come out and the family to come out, the grandparents, Mm -hmm. the aunts and uncles, stuff like that. And, you know, you definitely got to take advantage of that. Yeah. I always felt bad whenever I would, like, you know, hey, mom, can you watch her for a few hours? But at the end of the day, like, the grandparents love it. The kids love hanging out with the grandparents. And, like, as a parent, you need a little bit of time to yourself
1: to, you know, do yeah, what you want to do. Yeah, so A should already, like, trying to work on that now, so you know, if after work or something, if I go to the gym or, you know, just go for a walk, I get my hour, hour and a half by myself and then I'll do the same for her like the next day. So we're trying to get in a rhythm now. So as things progress that hopefully we can keep something up.
0: Yeah. I don't know if you've, how, how much you've been following the podcast, but like I've been talking about the last couple of weeks, how Sydney's like transitioning over to a toddler bed mm-hmm. and did, it's, it's a gong show. I'm sure uh <laughs> still like in a, in a uh, bassinet or like mm-hmm. a cradle or something like that, yep. but it's just crazy like I'm just so nervous like just giving her that much freedom just like put like she can get out of her bed anytime she wants and sometimes and like she just wakes up and she's passed out on the middle of the floor <laughs> she's just like getting into everything she's messing with the camera she's turning her sound machine off it's it's crazy it's just only going to get crazier but it's it's definitely worth it like there's no feeling yeah. in the world like but it's you know, good the first though. time like, you, you know, get to hold yeah, your kid
1: yeah like you want them to have that independence though you know what I mean you don't want them to Grow up. I mean, what? Here, here's the thing. I mean, I've been a dad for fucking four weeks now, so don't take anything I'm <laughs> saying for real. But like, I just feel, as in general, a human development, you want them to have independence and be, you know, inquisitive and curious and explore things. You know, I'd rather have my right. kid getting out of bed and going off and, you know, sh- taking risk, I guess so to speak, than not doing any of that. So I'd be concerned if they weren't. But maybe I'm. I mean, I'm not a psychologist or a. You know, I mean, a developmental. They like to explore.
0: So. Yeah, they like to explore, and, like, that's just what happens when, you know, kids get to that age. And you'll see it as they progress throughout their life, like, six months, you know, up to the point where they're walking and, like, a year, stuff like that. Like, Sydney's always been like that. She's been a thrill seeker. Like, she, they have no fear whatsoever. It's pretty, mm-hmm. actually, it's it's admirable, honestly, like, how she just dives off the couch and has no fear of, like, banging her head on the, you know, the arm <laughs> armrest or whatever, like, on the floor. She <laughs> It's just crazy uh, watching them learn little things, and now she's talking a lot yeah. and stuff, but... You know, I don't want to, um, you know, wish it away. Obviously, for you, just definitely enjoy every moment of it. But congratulations
1: again! It's definitely uh, pretty yeah. awesome to do. Yeah. There's no I feeling in the world it. like it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's been it's they always like w- whenever issue was pregnant, they kept saying everyone's like, oh, it's life changing." Like, there's nothing like it. It's indescribable. I'm like, yeah, okay, like that's just people talking the same old nonsense cliches. But I mean, it's right. true. Like, it's just it's something different that you can't explain until you experience it.
0: Yeah, it sounds corny to say that. Like, people that don't have kids, they Sorry, might brother. not understand it. I'll respect that. Would you just knock something over over there? No, I shot
1: a, <laughs> I shot a bottle cap. <laughs> I had a, I'm had drinking a bottle of water, and I was, uh, like, crushing the cap in my fingers, and it just shot across the room, so...
0: That's a great segue. I was going to ask you what you were uh, sipping on over there on a Sunday night so, when we are recording this.
1: Well, you know me. It's, it's always going to be like water or green tea, but I will tell you this, and I don't know if this is better or worse, and you guys can judge me and, and talk shit, but uh, there's this company I've recently come across, and it's called Athletic Brewing Company, and they make non-alcoholic beer that tastes like real beer. So it's not like shitty like old doles or something like that.
0: Yeah, I think well, I saw re- you on Snapchat or something drinking that. Yeah. Like, you sent <laughs> yeah. me like I fooled yeah. everybody yeah. with this. Yeah, I, like, I got you the
1: first half. <laughs> yeah. So we, <laughs> we came across that whenever uh Asia was pregnant and we were looking for stuff, we found it actually at a restaurant, like this coal fired pizza place. And it was it was pretty good. And it's if you're like me and watching your girlish figure, it's low in calories, it's not obviously non-alcoholic so you can pound them and not feel like a weirdo but it's, it's nice for me because i'm right. just at the point now where i'm so fucking tired of like having to explain to some bro like why i don't want to drink at fucking three o'clock in the afternoon on a tuesday when i'm hanging out by the pool so it, it, it the branding <laughs> of it just uh, like uh it's discreet enough that it looks like real, real beer if someone took a sip of it they would think it's a real beer but I don't, I don't know. Well, I don't even know why I care, but I've been, <laughs> I have a couple of those. It's not too bad, but yeah, tonight is just the typical, uh, green tea and water. So I, I I'm Dude, letting everybody out. down.
0: It's funny a couple of weeks ago and we'll get into UFC in a minute, but I was watching a UFC fight, uh, with my buddy, Zach heard over at his house. And, um, yeah, like he's like, yeah, there's beers in the fridge, man. So I went and I grabbed some beers and like, I came out, I had like three beers and then, uh, He's like, dude, are you drinking those Heinekens? And I was like, yeah, dude, I love Heineken. He's like, oh, dude, those are uh, non-alcoholic Heinekens. And I'm just sitting there for like an hour, drinking these non-alcoholic Heineken. Heineken's, yeah, like, it was oh,
1: classic. Like, oh my god, I gotta, my threshold is getting <laughs> so big. My tolerance is too high.
0: I know, I know. And we were like betting on UFC fighters that we'd never heard of. We we're just like betting, like live betting, and just losing. And yeah. yeah, it was not the most recent one. We'll talk about last night's. Uh, you know, event with McGregor and Poirier mm-hmm. in a second, but I, I can't remember who it was. It was maybe like a month or so ago. It was it UFC 263. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't even know if there was even any big names on the, on the ticket. But um, yeah, like dude, last night um, we're recording this on Sunday. that the, you know, last night was McGregor and Poirier on uh, pay-per-view and I, I wanted to get your take list just on the pay-per-view in general. Um, not, not only the McGregor fight, but um, you know, some of the other things that happened in the, in the, uh, you know, the pay-per-view, like Sugar Shane O'Malley, I think that's his name, right? He's a mm-hmm. stud. Yeah. He's like, he, he won the fight of the night. He, he had a great fight. He's like, what do, what do you make of him, man? He seems like a, I don't know if he's like McGregor light, but he's like a arrogant asshole. Basically that's his persona. It seems mm-hmm. like, cause he, I saw him on Pat McAfee show recently. And, um, you know, not in a bad way. He's just like, a, yeah. he's almost kind of like a he's heel. Just, I but mean, he's
1: just like a, a I don't know. Really, and this is the, a terrible way to phrase it, but he's just like a punk kid. You know what I mean? He's like right. one of those guys, just a young kid who's good at what he does. So he's like, ah, fuck you. You guys can't tell me anything. But I mean, he's a good right. fighter and he, he's skilled and he he's somebody that people want to watch. They always want to watch him. Right. And he's got the crazy dyed hair and everything. But that fight was, in, was insane because uh, his opponent, his original opponent dropped out of the fight because you know, not like dropped out. Like he didn't want to fight. He had some injuries. So this kid stepped up, he was training for another fight and they reached out to him and said, Hey, do you want to come up and fight in the big leagues? And he said, yes. Wow. And what
2: that it was just, were, yeah.
1: so I got, I mean, that fight was interesting to watch. Cause I, the way that he just kept taking damage and he couldn't be stopped and he kept moving forward and kept putting pressure on, uh, O'Malley and was walking him down O'Malley's backtrack and like backpedaling the entire fight which is just wrecks havoc on your cardio you know I mean like that's a real tough thing to do but what my problem was I so I get this stoppage so if for people who didn't watch the fight O'Malley just beat the shit out of this kid for three straight rounds and I and I mean that truthfully so Sugar O'Malley landed 89 significant strikes in the first round. And that's a UFC record. And I think at the end of the fight, he had, he landed 90% of his significant strikes and he ended up landing, I think it was almost 300. So just 300 significant strikes, which is something that would hit with full capacity, right? So it's not something that is like you clip somebody or you, you know, something that's blocked. It's an actual strike that, causes damage to the sense that it touches you not causes damage to the fact that every single one's going to knock you out so he just got hit 300 something straight times keeps moving forward end of the first round gets rocked almost gets knocked out comes back and is just walking on his feet basically a walking concussion and i think that's why herb dean stopped the fight but right. the problem with it what bothered me about it and i'm sure a lot of other people was that he stopped it. He let this kid get the shit kicked out of him for three, three three and a half rounds, basically. Actually, more. So three and 90.9 rounds. I don't even know how. I'm, I'm a good at fractions. But <laughs> they, st- they stopped the fight with 30 seconds left. And I understand the stoppage because he wasn't defending himself and there's no need to subject him to further right. damage, right? And he wasn't showing any signs that he was going to land some punch or go for a takedown or get a submission, it was just him standing on his feet, waiting for the time to expire. So Herb Dean steps in. And is like, look, it's not worth it. Kid's first fight in the UFC. He's way out of his his master class here. But why not let the kid finish? You know what I mean? That's what was uh, interesting to me. Like to make the decision then. Like why not stop it at the end of the fourth round? Why not stop it in the beginning? Because right in the beginning of the fifth round, it was either the fourth or fifth round. He comes out and. O'Malley hits him with his, uh, basically just kicks him in the side of the head, uh, as a, in a layman's term to put it, and yeah. rocks him, falls him, kid just falls into the back of the cage, and then starts walk, just walking back like a zombie. And like, why not stop it then? That's the question, you know. So if you're going to stop somebody who can't defend themselves, or you just want to prevent them from taking further damage, you got to right. make that calculus at a different time. I just thought it was a bad timing. Maybe he Herb Dean didn't know how much time was left, or saw something that we didn't see, but you know, it, it's the guy is a warrior, right? And he's out there on live TV or pay-per-view in front of millions and millions of people. And I don't like to say like showing heart or that, you know, you can't coach heart. Cause I think that's just a dumb thing to say. And I don't, I don't know what that means. I think it's just something people who don't know anything about anything throw out there. But <laughs> I mean, he has, right. a, I guess a mentality, right? He's showing that he can't compete, I guess you could say skill wise, but he deserves to be there in the sense that he's he's tough and he's not going to give up. And they kind of took that away from him at the end, and, and that bothers me. But at the same time, I get it. At the end of the day, if this kid's not going to grow up and be world champion, and he's going to be out of mixed martial arts here in three years, why have TBI because of that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I saw Dana White after the fact. He came out basically, and he you know he applauded that guy for you know I think you you mentioned it you know taking the fight on short notice, uh, coming in showing a lot of balls basically. Um, you know, and, and I understand too. And my biggest takeaway from it was like, how the hell is Herb Dean still refing? He was like the ref, he was an old ref whenever we were like, you know, in middle school watching this shit. Yeah. Like, I, I can't believe he's still in there. But him is, is, um, uh, is a uh, big, what's his name, John? What's that? No, yeah,
1: Big John McCarthy. No, he's not,
0: he's not <laughs> ref anymore. Is he retired? <laughs> yeah, he's got
1: like a podcast. He's a commentator. He does all kinds of stuff.
0: Yeah, dude, that, I mean, that fight was incredible. Um, that kid. You know, give him a lot of credit. Definitely give him a lot of credit for sticking in there and getting his ass kicked. And I tend to agree with you on that. You know, I can see where, like, you know, you're worried about the concussions and stuff like that. And if he's injured, and like you mentioned, maybe he's not going to be a world champion and you don't want him to get his ass kicked and just, like, be ruined basically after that. But you know he he got his ass kicked for a couple of rounds and probably could have went on he probably i mean honestly if it went on O'Malley's probably going to finish the fight and it's going to be a knockout at some point i mean it's just i mean well he, he was I'll dumb no i
1: mean that's that's what's incredible that he couldn't knock him out uh i mean it was just yeah, he's got a chin but hold on, me, i want to look it up cuz it it was just it was insane to see what the final stats were but yeah definitely do get, that
0: cuz like yeah no i'll i'll i'll, I'll go through like cuz I mean, he was hitting everything. He was landing
1: everything. It, yeah. Like
0: you don't see that. And you mentioned it. I mean, he was know, just using
1: his head as a, like record. A, a beach ball. Like it was insane. Like every yeah. single strike was hitting you him. You
0: felt bad it, for the dude. Yeah. That was just getting his head rocked. Like, you know, you don't see that very often in any sport. Whether it's um, you know, UFC, whatever, boxing, the guy that land like his his um what what was the term you used? Significant strikes. Yeah. Like he, you know, to land ninety percent of them is just ridiculous. I know you're pulling up the numbers right now, but like, it's crazy. You got to feel bad for that guy, and um, you know, a, a lot of the fights too. Like, so what was that girl that got? She fought. I don't know her name, but she was all over um, Instagram and social media and stuff because she had like, basically another smile on her forehead because she had
1: like a, a huge. Gash oh, that in her big head. cut. Yeah. That? Yeah. So I got it now. Another one so I
0: gotta ask you. Yeah, what's this? What's so the So A
1: significant strike, I don't know if I explained it correctly, but it's basically. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. So, like, you know, if you watch the fight, so at the end of the third round with the Wonderboy fight, where they're both up against the cage, or with Gilbert yeah. Burns and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, and they're just kind of like rabbit punching themselves, it's not. That wouldn't be technically a significant strike. So, a significant strike is if I throw. A punch or a kick. When my when I'm fully extended, I, I land right, and it lands clean. You didn't slip it, you didn't uh, you know dodge it, you didn't block it, parry it, anything like that. So a significant strike. Think about it, is if a strike that lands, but it's not significant in the fact that it's a power punch. Okay. Okay. But either way, regardless. So, uh, Monahoo, who was the opponent, Chris Monahoo, landed 70 out of 218 attempts. All right, so that's 32%. So wait, before you get
0: to before you get to O'Malley's, like where does that compare to like a, a regular fight? Is that pretty normal or is mm, that like pretty low? Uh, that's
1: a, that's a little low. Usually you would you're probably I mean it's it's low, right? But it's not the yeah. lowest I've seen, but usually you're probably around like the 40 to 50%, so it's like half, right? But when you get into when you're throwing 200, 300 punches, the jump between 32% to 48% is pretty significant, you know? Oh, of course, yeah, definitely. But So (laughs) O'Malley landed 231 out of 318. So it ended up being 72%. But, I mean, that's still insanity that (laughs) you got punched in the head 232 times. So, I mean, that's that's,
0: (laughs) – got to give that dude credit, man. There's nothing I can say other than that. I mean, he's got to be proud, hold his head up high. Maybe – I mean, I don't know if – you know, if you know, but like if he's going to get a deal, maybe to fight in UFC or maybe you know he's not. Quite I mean, I feel ready. like I
1: feel like they got to give him one. I mean, he wasn't ready to fight O'Malley, that's for sure. And I mean, that's no shots at him because Well, O'Malley's like, he's like what 14, 14 and one or something like that. He's got one loss. Mm-hmm, I think. Yeah, and like he so, he's going to be he's going to be one of the guys that the UFC puts a lot of stock into. I mean, they already have, but right. now with whatever the future Conor McGregor is, but I think they owe it to him. They'll put him. Put him on another card. Put somebody that he's more evenly skilled against, or matches up better with.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with him, and hopefully, he gets his deal. And uh, O'Malley, he's gonna keep, he's gonna keep buzzing and, and um, you know, moving his way up to be one of the best UFC fighters, at least at right now, um, in this point of time. Who's the guy, uh, Jay? That like did a backflip? I know I texted you. He did like a oh, backflip. Oh yeah, in
1: the, in the prelims. Yeah. So
0: wait. Before yeah, Before we name. get to that, is that not illegal? No. Like you, you I thought you couldn't kick some, like he made direct contact with the dude's head was on the ground like if you're standing up and the dude's laying on the ground you can't kick him in the head or you can't yeah. kick down.
1: So yeah, so I don't correct, right? You can't you can't kick the ground opponent. But I don't think that they look at that move as a a kick. I, I mean it was really ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, basically he tried to he tried to pass guard in a really fucking weird way and ended up I his respect it. Did contact he, he his head, but
0: it, I mean, it, dude, it, it more than contacted. He got a shin to the head. Like, the dude looked like he was a little shook after that. But you, you got to give him credit. He knew, and maybe he's not thinking about it real time. Obviously, you, you train and you prep for that. But, like, you know, you got to figure that's going to be a, one of the biggest moments and biggest highlights of the yeah. of the night, obviously, outside the main event, uh, which kind of was a dud. We'll get to it in a second. But um, I, I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, dude, i got to text Jared and see, like, <laughs> dude, how's that in our league? What's that?
1: funny about it, though, is that and why would you do that? Ideally, so he ends up in mount, and the mount position is where like you're sitting on top of your opponent, and you have all your body weight on him. It's a one right. of the most, it's probably the most dominant position. But he ended up in mount, but it was kind of by mistake. So he does this backflip over this guy's open guard, half lands like kind of kicks him one one legs up on his head, the other legs kind of more towards his hip. The guy shrimps to try to get up, and then he just falls down. And now he's in mount. So it was, the whole thing was just wild and sloppy, but. He did a backflip, so everyone's gonna go and bust another. Oh, it was
0: a complete clusterfuck, dude! Like, for those of you that didn't see it, like he was the guy that he's fighting is laying on the ground, and I still think it's ridiculous. And you could explain it, Jared, I'm sure, but how like you can't kick somebody when they're down, but they can kick up, and like I feel like it's far more dangerous for somebody to kick up. I mean, they could do a fucking number on you if they catch you. But anyway, the guy's laying on his back. And instead of, like, you know, trying to either let him up or, like, jump on him and try to mount him that way, like a normal way, um, you know, he just, like, turns his back and does a complete backflip and, like, lands on the guy kind of, like, kind of like a, I don't know, it was weird. It was hard to describe, but he kicked the guy right in the head by accident, I'm pretty sure, because he was just trying to flip. And like you said, he ended up getting in a mount by accident, and it worked out for him. But it was just one of the craziest things I've ever seen. I'm like, I don't I don't understand yeah. how that's even legal. Like I, I still I mean, it's kind of a technicality, like it's not a real strike,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: when you're standing up. But like I mean, he could've yeah, knocked him mean, out. I mean, he hit him with his shin gave. right in his
1: forehead. I mean, yeah, but I mean he could have, right? But he didn't. I mean, it would be an accidental contact anyway, just the way it played out. But Right. I don't know. I mean, if you got a problem with it, take it up with you know, the <laughs> No, Las no Vegas Gaming Commission. Right? I have no problem
0: with it. Yeah. I have no problem with it. It's just something I've never seen before, and like, it's it's entertaining as hell. That's what the sport is. Um, and you know, that's what what the UFC. They they hope that every all their fights are entertaining, and that kind of leads me to the McGregor fight. Um, you know, I, I don't yeah. know the history. So well, Maybe you can explain we, it before we get into them. that. Yeah, yeah, go though, ahead. Speaking of the
1: entertainment, I don't know if they're trying too hard to be entertaining or if they're trying to appeal to the masses or if it's some kind of contract they have with espn plus but i mean stephen <laughs> a smith and max kellerman could not have done a worse job last night i don't know what your take on it was but the fact that those yeah. two idiots were involved at all was the dumbest thing like they mispronouncing techniques mispronouncing names and they just talk in general like it's it's kind of like if, if you and i went and did the commentary and it's just like ah you know Biggest fight of the year for McGregor, and here he is. He came in in a suit. He's ready, and it's like, what the fuck does that even mean? Are you supposed to be doing?
0: (laughs) The problem is like these guys. They don't pay attention. I mean, Max Kellerman is actually a a boxing historian. I'll give him credit Mm -hmm. on that. He knows his boxing. He's not a big on uh, mixed martial arts. But Stephen A. Smith, ESPN's paying this guy like thirteen million bucks a year. They're gonna just put him on everything they possibly can. Any big story they possibly can. He's a big personality. Uh, They flew him out on a private jet. I saw it was all over Instagram and stuff like that. You know, out to the UFC event. And there's actually a funny video on YouTube you can go look at. It's like um, Stephen A. Smith annoying Joe Rogan for 15 minutes. And, like, you can just see, like, it's like a cut clip of all the times Stephen A. Smith talking to Joe Rogan at UFC events where he doesn't know what he's talking about. And, like, UFC fans, I think, like yourself, are getting a taste of what... Hockey fans are gonna get from ESPN because mm-hmm. ESPN showed highlights of all the Stanley Cup Finals and they're they're butchering
1: guys' well, that, names. That's it's not hard funny. to like,
0: just like it, have your intern say, "Yeah, hey, this is how you say his name." It's not difficult to do that. Like, well, that's know. what I
1: have in, in my little notes that I was taking during the fight. I was like, "This is kind of like the NHL on ESPN, where if they even talk about anything that's going on in the NHL, it's <laughs> only for like 15 seconds, and it's just nonsense." And that's how like I felt. It was just kind of stupid, but like I mean. I mean, Joe Rogan and Stephen A. Smith have a long-standing beef, which is always funny. But I, what I don't understand is if you're a professional talking head on ESPN, why the fuck do you not just spend 15 minutes and learn a little bit about something? You know what I mean? Like they're just in there and they're mispronouncing stuff and it, they speak in general. Like one of the things Stephen A. Smith said was, before the fight, everyone's looking at Conor McGregor and they're saying, "Hey, you lose this fight, you're not what you used to be, and you're not a champ, and you're not this, and you're not that." And he he doesn't, you know, Dustin Poirier doesn't need to worry about that. This is all the pressures on Conor McGregor, and it's like, first of all, what the fuck does that even mean? You know what I mean? Like we're sitting here <laughs> talking about these these guys have been in the spotlight for forever, and obviously they understand the pressure from the fans. And the saying is, you know, you're only as good as your last fight, but right. Like like Poirier doesn't have any pressure on him of what's going to be the fallout from fans or just the fight in general and what that says for moving forward. And it's just it's mind boggling that that's what they focus on, that you think Conor McGregor is worried before stepping into a cage with one of the best fighters in the world, a guy who he had just been KO'd by less than six months ago. And he's worried about what some dork on Twitter is going to say. You know what I mean? It's just like that's why would that be the talking point here?
0: Yeah, they're, they're only about, like, the, I mean, that's the problem, dude. Like, honestly, and this doesn't have a lot to do with UFC, but, like, if you, I saw a great tweet. I, I can't remember. I wish I could credit the person that tweeted it. But they tweeted, like, ESPN used to have this show back where they, it was called The Sports Reporters. I don't know if you remember that, but basically it was, like, every, like, Saturday morning from, like, 10 to 11, they had, like, legitimate journalists like Bob Lee and, like, other guys that were legitimate journalists And they would talk about sports and they would like give their takes and all that stuff on like legit facts and everything. Now, everything is just like you mentioned with Stephen A. Smith. It's just like what can get the most clicks on Instagram or on Twitter or on, you know, whatever the hell it is, YouTube. And like they just say dumb shit. They don't know what they're talking about. It's embarrassing. Honestly, like UFC fans, I'm sure like legitimate UFC fans and UFC, like Joe Rogan is a legit UFC commentator. He knows what the hell he's talking about. And like he's probably just like, that's probably why he hates Stephen A. Smith because he's like, this guy doesn't know dick about this sport. Like, why is he even yeah. here? And there's probably other people that deserve to be in that spot. It's embarrassing. But it's ESPN, man. It's ESPN. All they care about is what LeBron James had for lunch or yeah. what Tom Brady's doing or Patrick Mahomes. And no you know, no knock on those guys. You know what I mean? But, like, mm-hmm. nobody, nobody knows what they're talking about. Nobody goes to ESPN for their sports news, especially in the world of mixed martial arts or in the National Hockey League, because you know you're just going to get some bullshit guys that don't know what they're talking about. They've never been in a fight in their life. They don't even know what, uh, you know, from a martial arts perspective, they have no idea. And not saying you have to be mm-hmm. a martial artist to yeah, be able it, to like comment thing, on like, it, but like, yeah. you just do your
1: homework. Just yeah, study. That's, at that's, least that's like my problem. Like, it's like consulting. And it, like, so I, I'm a hockey fan, like not to the level like you, you are or anything like that. But I mean, even I get frustrated with, you know, did the e- did ESPN even talk about Tampa Bay winning back-to-back Stanley Cups this week? Was that even, that's- I don't even think I saw it.
0: They might, they, they mentioned it a little bit. Uh, they focused more on like the headlines of like Nikita Kucherov's press conference where he was like shirtless and chugging Bud Lights and chirping <laughs> people. But like, they didn't, it, it, it's the ESPN thing, dude. Like, honestly, when we were kids, they would show like full blown highlights. Now they'll be like, uh, we'll pick up the Penguins and the Capitals here in the third period with two minutes left. It's a 5 5 game. I'm like, well, we yeah. didn't even see the highlights See so how they got there. And then they'll be like, all right, that's the highlight. We're going to kick it over to, uh, you know, Herm Edwards He's going to discuss the Coors-like, cold, hard facts about why Tim Tebow is a terrible tight end or some bullshit. Like, who fucking cares? It's just yeah. like, that's why their ratings are plummeting. But they're paying a guy like Stephen A. Smith $13 bucks a year. So you're going to see him on every event. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're firing people in, like, the back office. They're firing other people, like, people that have been there a long time. And no knock on Stephen A. I think he does, he excels at his job. He's a great talking head. He's a great soundbite. But the guy, I mean, he doesn't know anything, and he doesn't know anything about anything other than like NBA and a little bit of NFL. But other than that, like, you know, I trust his opinion on you know the the NBA. But like, I'm not going to ask him for his opinion on UFC or NHL or Major League Baseball or soccer or anything like that. Like, it's supposed to be ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports, but they only focus on two sports: it's the NBA and the NFL. And it's a joke. It's uh, it's kind of embarrassing. The NHL. I mean, they're gonna take the money, the bet, the big, the highest bidder. Um, you know, they're gonna go to ESPN and TNT. I think TNT is a little bit of a wild card. Hopefully, it's something fresh and new that it'll be. You know, it'll be good and a good production and everything like that. But for UFC, I mean, they're massive. Like I, I don't know. I Maybe mean, I don't know the ins and outs of their partnership with ESPN, but they don't need ESPN Plus. They can just do pay per view, and they could probably just get their own stream service. They might have their own stream service. I have no idea. It's no, just like. I
1: mean- well, they got the the UFC Fight Pass, but I mean that's no one uses that. I mean, the, like ESPN, I mean, their partners, just- yeah, but their partnership with ESPN Plus, I mean, it's good, right? They have all like all whatever twenty seasons of the Ultimate Fighter. They have past events. They have all the thirty for thirties and the little documentaries and the UFC embeddeds and countdowns and blogs and all that stuff. So it's right. nice to have access to all that, but it's just, it's just a, I don't understand. Like it's insulting that you have people who are actual journalists who don't take the time to come up with something better than just any geek off the street you can ask him two words about conor mcgregor but then also you have like michael bisping was there right you have dan hardy's a a commentator and you have ex-fighters or people who grew up in the sport or people who at least are legitimate fans who understand it that are right they have the access to them why not just let them do it i don't know i'm just that's one of my my rants but it's just like stupid like it's remember like when we used to watch lacrosse on when they put on espn and quint kasnick would have to sit there and tell you like what a face off is and it's like this is so dumb <laughs> like just just get to get to the important stuff you know
0: yeah i mean i i get that to some degree like you're trying to you know somebody that's a casual fan that's passing by and flips the channel on espn and sees lacrosse maybe you try to because you know, people are gonna enjoy a sport more that they you know than when they understand it mm-hmm. but like this is pay-per-view like yeah. people are seeking out the UFC like if, they, if you want to watch a UFC fight especially McGregor even like casual fans they want to like it's fighting I mean nobody really cares all about the the you know the technical rules and all that for them to explain it but they don't explain it anyway it's like Stephen a Smith like you said he's basically just a guy that has no idea what he's talking about that's just spitting generalities that somebody on a you know, some just random person on Twitter can say, like well, mean, you said, f- uh, McGregor's wearing his are, suit. Yeah. He means business
1: or something yeah, like Yeah, that. and like most of the fans are idiots anyway. Like you watch the uh, Gilbert Burns and Wonderboy fight. Gilbert Burns is an elite level Brazilian jiu-jitsu pr- uh, practitioner. And the other thing is too, with mixed martial arts, part of that mixed martial art is wrestling and judo and jiu-jitsu and everybody's fucking all hyped up for Wonderboy for some reason. Well, I mean, he's a great guy. I love him. I'm a fan of him. But I I don't know what the connection was to these fans in Vegas. But anyway, halfway, what is it? Like three minutes into the first round, Gilbert Burns ties him up and takes him down the ground. And we're in a fight now where you have somebody who is a top-level grappler is on top of you. You're in a fight. Figure out how to get up. up. And they just start booing. And the whole crowd is booing because they don't want to watch somebody – do jiu jitsu or do wrestling. And, that, and that's just mind boggling. Like, you you know what you paid for. You paid for a mixed martial arts event. Every once in a while, there's going to be some jiu jitsu. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's it, like, it's, just, it's, like the, it's crazy. It's
0: the jabroni crowd, dude. Like, the jabroni crowd, the people that all they want to do. Like, if you want to go see boxing, like, you, I mean, if you want to go see knockouts and stuff, just go watch like heavyweight boxing. Yeah. If, if you can't appreciate the art
1: of like. I go watch Triller Fight Club and watch two guys smack each other in a parking garage. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it looks like legit. It literally like this trailer fight club things and like what people want to see is people literally like having being 10 beers deep and swinging haymakers at each other outside in the parking lot i mean that's exactly what it is
1: they're just so stupid because like during that fight so gilbert burns is uh brazilian so they start chanting a usa chant which i would only assume is for steven wonder boy thompson and literally they're chanting usa because they're mad that the other guy is grappling instead of, you know, striking. But then 30 seconds later, they're all got their dicks out, beating off for some guy from fucking Ireland. So it doesn't make any sense. Like they just, they're all over the place.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it is what it is. I guess they, they pay their money. They can say whatever they want. Yeah, but like, it's it's but embarrassing yeah. for the, it's <laughs> embarrassing for the sport. Like that the, the, the fans, like they don't appreciate the true art of the sport. Like you martial arts in general is like, I don't know much about it. Obviously, you you know you 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 do it, you you perform it, whatever you want to call it, and you um, you know you've been a big fan and a and, a, and passionate about it for a very long time, as long as I've known you, and you understand that it's like there's more to it. Like it's yeah. it's definitely like a it's an art, dude. It's it's unbelievable watching those guys like how they're able to wrestle. And I think people that have never been, even if you look at like amateur wrestling and stuff like that. You know that can be boring to watch if you don't know what the hell you're looking at. If you've never mm-hmm. seen it before, I can understand that. But like once you, if you're a true fan, you appreciate the art that goes into it, the amount of work these guys put in. I mean, they're making they're they're like making that wrestling look easy. It's not easy. And you're going against another person. Like that's one of the hardest things to do. Is go, you know, especially in a championship match. You're going five rounds, five minutes, five minutes in the octagon in one round, dude. I like I'd go a minute and I would be dead. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. even be able to move, like I and I would probably more than likely be knocked out cold. But it, it, like, you know what I mean, like the the endurance, the the shape these guys are in. On top of that, mm-hmm. the skill they have, the technical skill they have, it's unbelievable. But these guys, I mean, it's the American way. All they want to see is just like these big meatheads just bashing each other's face, in. and it's just it's unfortunate, you know. They don't appreciate good wrestling and good. Um, you know, jujitsu and and you know what you mentioned there. It's just yeah. you know, it's the American fan. What do it you? It's just. Expect? I
1: mean, it's not that like. It's not so much that I'm like mad that people don't appreciate it because obviously that's what people want to see. They want to see the flashy stuff. They want to see the knockouts. They want to see you know people get bloody. They want to see guys doing backflips. But it's just frustrating. Like when you get mad when you see another aspect of the sport, and it's like, do you not know what you just bought tickets to? You know what right. I mean? It, and it's it's kind of like. I so I don't know shit about NASCAR and I don't care about NASCAR at all. But I think it's kind of like <laughs> the same thing. Like if I put on NASCAR, I'm like, oh wow, these guys are just driving around in a fucking circle for six and a half hours. But you know, people who understand what's going on, they they can see the intricacies of it and everything. But it, it's just like it, it'd be the equivalent of me speaking to NASCAR. Like going to NASCAR and I just want to see him drive around. I want to see a wreck. Right. That's all I want to say. I just want to see people get in a wreck and then some guy goes off and do get a pit stop to get gas or his tire changes. I just start booing him. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> pussy get back out there. It's like, it, it's part of it. Just, l- just relax, man.
0: Yeah. And, and honestly, like I've been trying to get, uh, my man Connor and my buddy Seth to get on the podcast and talk about NASCAR. Cause like, it definitely like to your point, like it's anything else. Like I, I never liked soccer growing up, but I started watching it more and I started learning about the sport. And like, I understand the sport now, same with lacrosse people that don't get it. like, it's ridiculous that people would like, that's a great analogy with NASCAR. It's, it's hilarious, you know, and that drives me nuts with hockey too. Like yeah. the casual uh, fan, all they yeah. want to see is the big guy, the, the big goons just fight each other, but yeah. like somebody and toe drags it and backhands like it. Oh yeah. On a penalty
1: kill. And they're in the neutrals. zone like, shoot it. Put yeah, on the net.
0: It's like, oh, okay, guy. The, yeah. I, I used to sit behind people that would be like nine and a half million dollars a year. malking to pass the puck. Why don't you shoot it? I'm like, Cause he's fucking outside the blue yeah. line, and there's a guy right in his face. Like, but I yeah, mean, that's just too. Pe- I mean, it, it, I mean, no it matter what the crazy. sport is,
1: if you if it's hockey, if it's basketball, if it's MMA, it's NASCAR. If mm-hmm. you're sitting in the stands, you don't get to say shit. Because guess what? Those guys knew enough about it to get into the fucking professional sports. So, like, <laughs> yeah, where, where, hell, where, would where, where, where would they be with without that, you yelling yeah, at them to shoot what, the puck? Like, <laughs> I think where Sidney Crosby would be in his career if that guy from Fayette County kept telling him when and where to shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dude,
0: it's classic. We could harp on the fans, yeah, you know, right, all day. I, it drives me nuts. Okay, so let's uh, get
1: let's get back to it. We're, we're...
0: yeah. I, I I mean, I just wanted to talk about McGregor. Like, so he obviously, if you didn't see it, um, it was pretty gruesome. Um, he was kind of like, I mean, he was getting beat pretty bad. I thought in the first round, and de- the yeah. first round definitely went to Poirier, and he probably well, was going to finish him. I I thought maybe not in the first round, but shortly after that. But he. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, McGregor's ankle, like they kind of squared up and McGregor's ankle just snapped like a twig Yep. and it was over from there. It's like, what What was it like a, technically like a doctor TKO so, or
1: something like that? Yeah, so tech, I mean, the way it's gone in the past, it would be a, a TKO and that's what they've, they've ruled it as. So Poye is a winner by technical knockout, but the actual reason for it is doctor stoppage. And now, I mean, McGregor was yelling that when he was on the ground. He's like, make sure this is a doctor stoppage because I don't maybe he wanted to go back out and fight or whatever. But so Poirier won; he is declared the winner by TKO, but it's by doctor stoppage, so it's not like an actual, you know, TKO. But who's to right. say what happened? I mean, Poirier says that it, he broke his leg on one of the kicks that he uh, checked, and that like caused it to fracture, and then he went to go pivot off his foot to throw a punch, and it just snapped in half, basically.
0: Yeah, I mean. I guess that makes sense. Definitely makes sense because McGregor was throwing some some kicks and he, he landed a couple of them. But like, I I don't know. I I just don't know where McGregor goes from here. I mean he I don't know his exact record you know over his last couple fights. I, he really hasn't been winning much. I mean he got dummied by um, Mayweather and whatever you want to call that. Um, and he got his 100 million bucks. He lost to Poirier before. Did, mm. it, this was the third time, right? So did he lose to him twice before? Now it's three times no, he lost so, to him, or did they split the first two?
1: Yeah, they split the first two, and that's what this was supposed to be. You know, like the grudge match and the, and the trilogy okay. and everything. So that's but that's the thing. Like where 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 does he go from here with the with this fight, right? Because I could you're see not, them having
0: a rematch because, like uh, Dana White even said afterwards, like you know, I, I I mean, if he's trying to sell it, he's a promoter, but like. You know, it wasn't a true ending to a fight. Now, would Poirier probably have won? Yeah, I think so. Um, but you never know. I mean, McGregor might have caught him. Who knows? It was only the first round. He well, they had two. So two ears, of the judges snapped his ankle.
1: Yeah, so two of the judges had it scored a 10-8 round for Poirier, which is, if you don't understand the scoring in mixed martial arts, that's like pretty significant. That you, if you lose a round, doesn't matter. How badly you get beat is usually 10 9, right? They just take one point away, and you'll, if it goes to a decision, you lose the decision. But to take two points saying that you perform so poorly that we're not, we're already going to put you at a disadvantage that you're not be going to be able to catch up, like that's pretty significant. But the thing with this injury in this fight so, first of all, the, this, this fight was interesting in the fact that Poirier even took it and that McGregor came back. So McGregor gets knocked out by Poirier in less than six months. He already comes back to fight him. So that's a quick turnaround from a KO, which is pretty, I mean, impressive. But Poirier should have fought or should, I don't know if he should have fought, but he would have been next to fight Charles Oliveria, which is the lightweight champion. And he turned that down to go fight McGregor. So now that's interesting because you're next in line for a title shot. You do a trilogy with McGregor, you win, cool, you go do your title shot. But if he would have lost that, then what happens, right? Does McGregor jump up and he go fight him? But we're looking at – so what the actual injury was is that he broke his tibia. So he snapped his lower – snapped his tibia in half. So my understanding from looking online is that he had surgery today. They put a bunch of rods and screws in it. And based on my understanding of seeing this injury in the past in – different sports, but obviously MMA, we're looking at probably nine to 15 months before he's a- able to fight like for real. So let's just say the stars align and within that time frame, he's ready to take a fight. 15 months from now, nine months from now, 10 months from now, whatever it is, are we even going to give a shit about Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor? Like, is that going to be what right. we're thinking about? Because I'll tell you what, 12 months ago, I was looking for khabib to fight tony ferguson and i couldn't care less what Conor mcgregor was doing so we right. it's like that thing like this was the right time right place was mcgregor came back poyer knocked him out mcgregor bounced back said i'll take a fight right away they had some back and forth online about first the donation to the charity and then uh, mcgregor saying that poyer's wife sliding into his dms and they had this whole thing that they hyped the fight up and it was right time right place and yeah it wasn't a great finish and it wasn't the way people wanted it to end and they're talking shit to each other in the ring and saying they're going to run it back but is it going to be a good business decision for the UFC to run it back in a year from now you know maybe yeah. maybe not like what if Poirier goes up and he's he's the champ right he beats Oliveira and then we have Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler, Tony Ferguson, Dan Hooker. Those guys are all in line to fight next, right? So you're going to let McGregor just come back after he's been beat the last three times in that division to get a get a title shot? I doubt it. But then what if Poirier goes up and fights Oliveira and gets decimated? Then he's trying to get back on a title shot and he gets beat by Islam. You know what I mean? Or he gets beat by Kevin Lee or some low level guy? Then what do we do? No one's going to want to watch right. that fight. So it's going to be. I don't. I don't know what's going to happen, but the right now it's looking like. The time is going to be so far removed from where we are right now that it might not even make the best business decision. And then let's say he's ready to fight 14 months from now, and at that time, well, fuck, now John Jones is coming back, right? And he's going to be the big hype train. He's going to go fight Francis Ngannou, and we're going to watch two of the best strikers in the UFC go pound each other's face in. So it's it's a real interesting dynamic of what's going to happen. And we can't also ignore that it's a pretty significant injury, which physically if he can come back from, but then also mentally, right? We saw Anderson Silva didn't really bounce back after he snapped his leg against Chris Weidman. So it's going to be, you got time. a bigger minute to tell. be,
0: you be, yeah, exactly. You'd be a little bit nervous to throw a kick. I feel like if, you know, or like put any pressure on it, but I agree, dude. I agree. I, that's what my question was. Like, what do you do with McGregor and Poirier? Because I think Poirier, I mean, I got two things for you, two questions. So number okay. one, what like, what do you make of? I know Dana White made a statement afterwards where he thought, you know, and this is McGregor's stick. I mean, it's his, it's his heel move and everything he does as a heel is like, you know, get after the the other his opponent's family and stuff like that. He did it with Habib, he did it with, um, you know, Diaz. As I believe he did it with them, and like, so honestly, I mean. Like, what do you feel when, when he's going after, and you know, whether it's true or not? And if it's true, it's a bad look for Dustin Poirier. But when he's saying like Dustin Poirier's wife is in his DMs, mm. like, that's got to like infuriate Poirier. If, if it's true, I would be uh, first of all, I would be filing for divorce. Number one, but, <laughs> like, but like, what do you think? What do you think about that? Like, in terms of like leaving the family, and because McGregor seems to do that all the time. He mm. and I understand it. It's all about entertainment for him. He's trying to sell the pay per views and stuff like that. But you know bringing the family and the kids and stuff into it is a
1: little bit, uh, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. I don't know. Yeah. I just, so, so it's on the same way. Right. So personally, I don't like it. I don't agree with it. I don't, I think it's, there's a, there's a line between selling the fight and then, you know, going and getting too personal. And like, obviously he does that a lot of times, but yeah, I mean, his,
0: his, uh, his wife and kids, they, I mean, they, I mean, if his wife's in his DMS, whatever, but like, his like, wife and his family and stuff like and Habib's family and people Habib mm-hmm. knows like, they had nothing to do with it. It's just like yeah. it, it kind of makes the especially when you go out there like McGregor and you get dummied. You, you're yeah. you running in your mouth constantly. Well, a, and you get beat by Habib and you get beat by Poirier like what are you doing? You look like well, an that, idiot. That,
1: that's the funny thing about it too. It's like you got to look at it from there's the business aspect of it. Like we talked about before about moving the needle and people want to see them fight, even if they want to see him win because right. they like it or they want to see him lose. But it, it's a real tough position to be in when you're laying on the ground, with your leg snapped in half after you just for spent five minutes eating fucking elbows to the face <laughs> and you're going to sit there yeah. and talk shit. Right. So, so I don't agree with it and it's just personally, I wouldn't do it. I think it's a little too far and it's, it doesn't really do anything to benefit the sport or sell the fight. Uh, you know, and also it's no secret I'm a huge, huge George St. Pierre fan, and he's like the opposite of a shit talker. So it's just like I don't look at it. I think it's kind of like the sport gets a bad rap already that people look at it as barbaric and just you know a bunch of frat dudes trying to start a bar fight. And then when you get all that kind of same thing with uh Kobe uh, Covington, right? He has this whole stick that he's this you know this Trump dick rider and he make America great again, and he uses that to his advantage to people either want to see him win because they support that or they want to see him get beat because they don't. Anyway, uh, but there's also a strategy behind it based on personality, right? So if Poirier is the kind of guy who is going to let that get to him, he's going to have all this emotion and all these things build up that whenever the fight starts, you're hoping that all this shit talking and all the buttons you pushed were the right buttons to push and he comes out and he's over aggressive, and he makes a mistake and then you can catch him. Right. So like right. that's the like the fight strategy behind it. But at the end of the day, like you said, you're gonna go and you're gonna throw a chair through Khabib's bus window. You're gonna talk shit about his dad. You're gonna talk shit about his religion, you're gonna talk shit about his country, and then you go and you clearly can't compete with him and he embarrasses you. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so
0: exactly. Yeah. Habib crushed him. Like it wasn't even close. And like that's my thing. It's one thing to be a heel and it's another thing to be like a laughing stock. I mean he's not a he's not a laughing because he's a good fighter and he's had success, but he's had no recent success and you said something before on the podcast where like, you know, you're only as good as your last fight. And he's been dummied multiple times in a row. Um so I, I just don't know where he goes from here, man. I really don't. I and like that's why I texted you last night and I said like he's one step away from fighting a Paul brother. Like yeah. that's that's pretty much and I know Jake Paul has been after him, and Jake Paul just spent a hundred grand to get a chain, uh, a diamond <laughs> chain that's like Conor McGregor sleeping after he got knocked out by Dustin yeah. Poirier the last time, and um, which is a ridiculously stupid um, way to spend your money. But it's Jake Paul, and he's 23, and he's making about 40 yeah. million times more money than I'll ever make in my life. But it's just like but it, it what all do depends they do? on what, you know
1: yeah, it all depends on what you want, right? So you look at a lot of these guys, and they want. They want to be a champion of their sport, right? Conor McGregor wants to be conor mcgregor and what i mean by that is that he wants to be this larger than life figure and the way to do that is to go and dominate people and make a bunch of fucking money just the same thing like with floyd mayweather right you're like hey floyd you don't you just fight these tomato cans. you don't fight anybody with any skill you fought manny pacquiao six years too late and he's like oh whatever because i just made 450 million dollars by the time you finish that sentence and like McGregor's kind of the same way i feel just based on his persona so if he wants to come back and he wants to beat Poirier or he wants to beat Oliveira or he wants to jump back up to a different weight class and, uh, you know, if he... I doubt he'll jump up to welterweight, but if he goes down and maybe he fights like Max Holloway or something like that, it's not because he wants to be champ. It's because he wants to be... Like, when you say Conor McGregor, you think somebody who's like an invincible, kind of like a god. But if he leaves the UFC, maybe he does go and fight the Paul brothers and, you know, or he goes and... Has some kind of exhibition fight with somebody else, or maybe he gets into a completely different sport and he starts playing baseball. Like, who knows what he's going to do? You know what I mean? But <laughs> it's more of cementing his legacy as a figure than it is as a champion. That's how, and that's just how I feel about it. Uh, but like I said before on the, when, when I was on the first podcast, what, no matter what Conor McGregor does, no matter what he says, where he goes from here, he was the first, first time, you know, double champ champ champ, whatever you want to call him, he would jump up weight classes, he would take risks, he would fight the best in the sport. He never backed away from anyone like, yeah, he got dummy by Khabib, but no, not too many people were lining up to fight him. So you can't ever take that away from him. And that's like one of my problems with uh, what Stephen A. Smith said yesterday with we're sitting here 30 seconds away from the fight, and everyone's like, oh, if he wins, he's, he's back on top, he's the greatest of all time, and he's the face of the UFC forever and always, and he's a Hall of Famer, and then he gets beat, and it's like you, all that goes away. And we saw it with Amy Miocic. Everyone's talking about how he's the greatest heavyweight of all time, He's got the stats to back it up. He's got the skills to back it up. No one will ever be a better heavyweight than Stepan Miotcz. And then he gets beat by Francis Ngando, and it's like, who the fuck's that firefighter from Ohio? You know what I mean? And it's it, right. it's you can't. You're only as good as your last fight in the sense of people like wanting to pay to see you on a pay per view. But just because you lose doesn't take away everything you've already done. And that's just right. how I look I agree. at it. So I, I don't I don't that, know what good.
0: Yeah, it's it, honestly, it's the it's the way that the you know the. I guess the viewer ship is it's like you know what have you done for me lately you can't take away from what mcgregor did i mean he's yeah he's on a he's on a bad downturn the last few fights um and anybody that thought he was going to beat mayweather in a boxing match is stupid because i could you could probably say it's rigged to be honest with you i mean mayweather's not taking a fight unless he's, he knows especially now he's fought you know logan paul is out there acting like he went the distance with mayweather which he sure. did technically well, like yeah, Mayweather basically was to like, "I'm just gonna, gonna make a hundred million dollars." Yeah, there's no yeah. score and no winner announced and like no judges. But it's just you know they you got to give credit to to McGregor. I I think he, you know, it's not he's not damaging his legacy, but maybe yeah. he is like in the short term because I think people have such short sighted the fans are so short-sighted but in the long run i think people will look back and see you know hey like you mentioned mcgregor was yeah. the first you know champ champ um he really revolutionized the sport he made the sport like you know it was already mainstream obviously and in big time yeah. but he made it like big big time you know what i mean yeah. like he, so, I mean, he it's was like a, the biggest star like
1: it's kind of like a not a double-edged sword but it just i mean it basically just is what it is right does he come back from this does mm-hmm. he not come back from it whatever maybe he does maybe he doesn't like i'm not too excited to see him fight anymore he hasn't had really great uh performances and also he's coming off a pretty terrible injury i don't know who's going to be next in line if it's going to be a big money fight if it's going to be if he even comes back to the ufc right because he might be looking at it now like hey i'm 33 years old i just snapped my leg in half if i'm going to keep doing this i want to get paid paid right and he's tasted that big money so he knows where it is but even if he doesn't come back or he does come back and gets knocked out by some guy who's not even in the top ten. That sucks. That's a bad way to end your career. But you can't ever look back and say that he didn't do what he did, right? Right. Yeah. It's like I the agree. same thing with Hoyce Gracie, right? Hoyce Gracie started the UFC, right? He was three times the, or he was UFC one, UFC two, UFC three champ. He induced, introduced everyone to uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and he and he's one of the greatest of all time. He comes back for the super fight against Matt Hughes and ends up getting submitted, which is. Embarrassing if you're a Gracie, but we're, we're just supposed to sit back now and say that Hoist Gracie is a, a trash bag and we should not put him in the Hall of Fame. It's kind of the same thing. Like, it's when you're only as good as your last fight, that just means people don't want to watch you fight anymore, but that doesn't mean you're not at one point when you were in your prime one of the best. But
0: 100%, 100%. That's that's kind of my point where, like, I think over time, and I'm sure people now that are you know mixed martial arts um, purists and people that really love the sport know that Hoyce Gracie is one of the greatest of all time and and an innovator, obviously. You know, I think that'll happen with McGregor. And you see that, I mean, you see that in any sport. Like, you look at, like, um, you know, Jerry Rice. He's one of the best wide receivers in NFL history, but he jumped around from a bunch of teams. He was, you know, on shit teams the last couple years of his career. You don't remember him for that. You don't remember Franco Harris playing for the, you know, Seattle Seahawks. You remember him playing for the Steelers and him carrying the Joe Paterno cutout around. But, like... (laughs) Like you know what I mean? Like I think time heals all wounds, essentially. And you know McGregor, maybe he wants to think about you know he's got he's got enough money. He's got his proper twelve. He got his a hundred sheets from the Mayweather fight. He got he maybe he fights a Paul brother. You know I I make fun of it. I joke about it. But those guys are making a lot of money, and and they're the best right now in the business in terms of you know selling fights and being heels and people like you mentioned. People want to see them get knocked the fuck out, both of them, especially mm-hmm. Jake and. You know, you never know. I mean, you, you never know what could happen. I could see McGregor, honestly, uh, Jim Ross, the old uh, announcer for WWF, he's now announcer for All Elite Wrestling. But he mentioned a couple years ago on Colin Coward's show on Fox that he would be shocked if Conor McGregor doesn't get a massive paycheck from Vince McMahon one day for
1: WrestleMania. Like, yeah. and people, I, I mean... mean I think he'll you're, go you're, do something like that, right? He'll do some kind of yeah. gimmick where he'll get a bunch of money. But I just don't see him... I don't know how he could walk away from the UFC without like one last fight, but I haven't checked in about a week or so, but they have, so each uh, weight division has their top 15 fighters, but then there's also the pound for pound best fighter rankings. And last I checked, uh, Conor McGregor is not even the top 15. So the sports moving on without him, whether he likes it or not, right? He might come back. He he sells tickets. People want to watch him, but there's people that are next in line, right? And we were talking in the beginning, maybe Sugar O'Malley is the next Conor McGregor, right? He's flashy. He's got a weird hair. He's got weird tattoos. Let's just put him out there and see what he does. You know what I mean? Or right. there's like this shift now with uh, Jan Blachowicz, who's the lightweight heavyweight champion, Max Holloway, uh, Charles Rivera. Oh, fuck. Uh, Brandon Moreno. Like these these people who are like genuinely nice human beings are now the champion. And it's kind of like shifting where... 2021 so far has been a, a good year for the good guys, and maybe that's the whole thing. Maybe if you come out now and you're flashy and you're talking shit and you you run your mouth, people might not like that. So we'll, we'll, it all depends on. We'll see what happens. But as far as McGregor's future is concerned, like what I don't think he's going to run it back with Poirier because a year from now, a year and a half from now, that might not even be a good fight. So who's he going to fight when he comes back? And then. Is he going to take a fight with just some random schmuck just so he can get one last fight and retire? Like, it's going to be, we'll, we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see.
0: Yeah, I mean, the last thing I'll mention, like, we'll, we'll talk about on the UFC, on the pod, is like, you know, with Poirier, what if he goes on, I don't know who, you mentioned, I don't know his name, but uh, who, who he's going to fight for the belt. Um, yeah,
1: Charles Oliveira.
0: Yeah, so Oliveira. So if he beats him, then like, why does McGregor, if McGregor comes back, why does he deserve a title shot? That makes no sense. You know, he, he should go down to the bottom of the barrel. Maybe he's got to fight yeah. one or two guys before he gets to Poirier. Because Poirier, I think he even said it afterwards. He's like, I something along the lines of, I don't have verbatim, but he was like, you know, I already beat him twice. Like, why do I need to fight him again? This yeah. makes no sense. And and I understand the last fight was a broken ankle and people can be upset about it and all that stuff. And you can bitch if you spent $70 on a pay-per-view and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day the The win column shows that Poirier won, so he has nothing to prove to McGregor. He beat him two out of three. He can move on to bigger, better things in his eyes. Win the UFC, um, you know, win the title in his weight class, and you know, it it just we'll see what happens with McGregor. I think he honestly, I think he should probably retire to be honest with you (laughs) because he's not going to damage his legacy. We talked about it where like over time people will respect what he did, but you keep losing and losing and losing and losing. It's like people will just be like, you know, just go away, dude. You know what I mean? Like, but I uh, I digress from that. I wanted to talk about, you know, because you, you and I talked before uh, you came on, and I mentioned it in the intro uh, when you came on here, but, um, you know, you're doing a, what's it, like an Ironman or like a, a marathon. Yeah, well, you're doing yeah, a bunch of marathons. To,
1: yeah, well, so the Ironman's like a – well, it's not like it is a triathlon, so that's like my next thing. So, I mean, I've always been a big runner, and I run all the time, and then being in the Army, we run, and I wanted to – Like we, the longest I've ever done. So I do the Army ten miler every year, and then I do the Fort Bragg ten miler where I was stationed. So I would do these ten mile runs, and it'd be cool. You know, you do with a bunch of your buddies and stuff. But I was like, "Fuck it, let me do a a half marathon." So I trained for that, did a half marathon, and then I was going to train for a full marathon. Wait, what was your what was your what was your time in the half marathon? Uh, I was uh, fuck. It was I don't know. It was like an eight thirty pace, so it wasn't anything like super fast, Uh, and like I wasn't. I wasn't trying to like break any records. No, I just give, wanted to give see yourself if I credit, finished. dude.
0: I mean, Eight thirty pace is pretty nice, man. Yeah,
1: but that's. I mean, that's slow though. What's so it, like, like it, thirteen miles, right? Thirteen point one, yeah. So well, the fastest I've ever ran in my life was when I was at Airborne School and I ran uh eleven and eleven thirty seven two mile, and that's what my, I'm most proud of. But that was years ago, and I'm old and fat now. But they, uh, <laughs> bullshit. So, so I was training for a marathon, but what happened was. We had PT one day and for some reason we went into the pool and we've done like, they call it like water confidence where, you know, you'll dive into the pool and you got to go down to the bottom and maybe grab some equipment, excuse me, or you'll go in with, you know, your, your gear on and then you have to strip it down, fold it up and then like sweat, like doggy paddle to the side. And it's just mostly trying to put you in a position that's uncomfortable to see if you're going to freak out. Right. So it's not testing your swimming. It's just testing your mental state. So we've done that before, and like I'm not scared of the water or anything, but I we we did this water PT, and I quickly realized that all those years that we spent going to the pool just to play basketball and flirt with girls was completely detrimental to my ability <laughs> to swim. So like I'm athletic enough that like I understand the mechanics of swimming, but like my body's just like I don't float well. I I exert too much energy. I'm awkward when I try to breathe. So it's just I'm a bad swimmer. So I wanted to challenge myself and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do uh, a triathlon. So it's a swim bike run is are the events. So I started right. training for that and I'm going to do a sprint triathlon, which is a quarter mile swim, a 10 mile bike ride, then a 5k run in October, just to see, I like, kind of test the water. But then the goal is to do uh, a half Ironman, not a full Ironman, but that's, uh, that's, that's my goal eventually. Damn, but, dude. uh, but it's just like weird. So like I love to work out and I, I like working out. I like to be active, but I, I like to work towards a goal. You know what I mean? So like when I was doing right. MMA, like competitively, it's like, well, I'm going to train a lot so I can go and compete and I can fight. Like when we were playing lacrosse and now it's kind of why why the fuck would I ever get up on a Saturday and just go run for two and a half hours if there's not anything to, at the end of that, right? And that's just how my brain works. Like I have the discipline in the mentality that I can go do it, but I'm not gonna do it just so I can feel good about myself at the end of it. Like I wanna have something that I can like, I'm working towards because that's like the motivation, right? I I have a, a son, I'm married, I am I have a job. Like I'm not trying to, like I, it'd be nice to look good when you go to the beach, but like that's not my motivation for working <laughs> out, you know? So I've been listening to like your podcast on my long runs and everything, but it, it's crazy. What's What's funny though is the things I've been learning as I've been doing, like, my training. So for the longest time, I don't know who told me this or I got it in my head, but I always thought running shoes were supposed to be tight. I thought they were supposed to be, like, form-fitting to your feet because you're running and they, they you can't be slipping and getting blisters and all this kind of crazy stuff. So I go to the, uh, the store. It's called Running Well in Kansas City, and they put right. you on a treadmill, and they look at your gait and your speed and your cadence, and they basically – Look, study your stride. They put you in shoes that are good for your running style. So I go, and the guys like, "What shoes do you wear now?" So I bring them in, and they like look at the tread on the bottom and how they wear. And oh, he's like, just butchering your shoes. They're well, just yeah, like, but, but, bro. But it was funny because he was, the dude was like, "Do your like toes hurt, or like finger, or toenails fall off and shit like that when you run?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, all the time." But that that's showbiz, baby. You know, it just is what it is. And I was wearing a. 10, a size 10 running shoe. And this dude's like, you're at a minimum at 11 and a half, bro. Like you're not even close. So I was like, Oh shit. So I got fitted for new shoes and everything. It, it's complete, not only. So number one, having shoes that fit was incredible, but then having shoes that cater more towards your running style. It's awesome. Like I don't have any like knee pain, any hip pain. So if you're anybody who likes to run, no matter what the distance is, I really recommend going and like actually getting fitted for shoes. Cause it's, it's a game changer, but that was I. Mean, I, I, I,
0: I kind of like I. I don't want to say like I hate running, um but I'm I'm kind of with you. Like I I've never, you know, at least in recent years, I haven't had like a goal that I'm going for. I've gone out and I've like run or like you know rollerblade or something like that to try to get the cardio in, but it just like it just seems like it's I just I, I can never get it going because I'm like this is just stupid. I'm just running for what I'm running for nothing like you said, I mean, it'd be nice to have a six pack on the beach, but honestly, what do I need a six pack for? And I'm, I'm married. I've got a kid. I got another kid on the way. I don't even know if I mentioned that on the podcast at all ever, but I got a baby coming in September, a uh, baby boy. It's like, you know, and, and no knock on, like, I'm not saying that I don't want to look good for my wife or anything, but like, I just, I, I don't have time. Yeah, she just, knows, she knows like what I'm, she, got,
1: she got. She knows what she signed up for.
0: Yeah. She's so. not going to leave me for that. <laughs> but like, it's, <laughs> but like, you know that makes sense. It honestly makes a lot of sense what you say. Like you know, if you you set yourself a goal of like you know doing a half marathon, whatever it is, you know, yeah. an Ironman or a full well, marathon, it, whatever the case is, too, you know, like, you'll be more successful if you
1: do it that way. Because it's funny too. Because like my my wife would joke and she'd be like, "Oh, you're like," because I started this process before uh, our baby came, so she was kind of making a joke like, "Oh, it's you know, you're going through this like panic mode because you have a kid and it's a midlife crisis and all this stuff," but it's. <laughs> I, I really enjoy, and it's one of the reasons why, you know, I, I joined the, the military. It's because I, I, I really enjoy testing yourself and like seeing what your limits are and what you can push yourself to. But part of me as well, like I want to show, and, and maybe this sounds corny and cliche, or maybe there's a better way to do it, but like kids are, kids are sponges, right? And I, I taught, I coach kids in lacrosse and I coach kids in jujitsu. So like I see how they pick up on things. So, like, I want to yeah. be in a position to, like, show my kid, like, hey, look, there's this crazy stuff out there. And, like, there's a whole world, right? Go and explore. Go take chances. Take risks. And, like, if you set your mind to something, like, you can you can do it, right? And, like, I want to be active, be a positive influence for him and, like, to show him, like, you know, not, and not necessarily, like, hey, do these things that are, like, athletic. But just anything that, like, don't be scared to take risks. Don't be scared to do something different. And it'd be so fucking easy for me to be, like, oh, man, I work long hours and I have a kid now. Like, I don't have time for this. But... Just go make the time. Like I'm not sleeping anyway. So if I'm up at three o'clock in the morning for two hours while, uh, you know, he's feeding, you can change, might as well go for a run or hop on a bike. Cause like I have this thing, it's a, it's called a bike trainer. And basically you just hook your road bike, the back spokes up into this like little machine and you just set it up in your living room or garage or wherever. And you can just pedal and you don't go anywhere. It's like a state, it's like you turn your real bike into a stationary bike. So it's like I'm sitting there. He's just laying in his bassinet. I'm awake anyway. Might as well get a quick workout. At it you know. So it's it, it'll be interesting to see. That's my my goal right now. I hope I stay with it because then I'll look like a real fucking idiot when I don't do it and all this is recorded. But we'll, <laughs> we'll, uh, <laughs> you're I'll speaking keep you.
0: you're speaking to my body fat right now, bro. Yeah. Like well, you like you'll, honestly, uh, I honestly. I mean, I I have all the best intentions in the world, man. And I've always been a pretty skinny guy. Um, you know. Uh, going back to, I mean, you have know me, we, we've known each other for a long time, but like, yep. you know, I, I, I'm not in bad shape, uh, but like whenever you have, especially, I mean, it's definitely admirable that what you're doing. Um, it'll be, you know, obviously more admirable if I can see you continuing to do it and being in <laughs> great shape whenever you have a kid that's like a year or two years old, just running around constantly. It's the only time you get to relax and sit down is when they're sleeping mm-hmm. and like that will be the only time really when you have a chance yeah, to work out, that's been but tough. you know, it is what it is. I mean, you just got to make priorities. Like if you and you, know, you and Asia can work it out where, you know, you know, she's in good shape too, obviously like she can work out, you can work out and kind of just like, you know, coordinated around the baby and stuff like that. But I think it's awesome that you're doing that, that Iron Man stuff or the half Iron Man. It's pushing your body to the limit. Um, you've come a long way from carrying, uh, Street signs at 35 <laughs> mile per hour speed limit sign up to your driveway because you found it laying yeah. on the side of the road you want for runs and stuff. But definitely, uh, yeah, I'm just not. I, some yeah. people like to run and some people don't. It's just like, you know, I just I, I don't find any yeah. joy in any, like, I don't get anything from running. I, I've got yeah. a stationary bike at my house now that I'm going to try to start using more. But, like, again, yeah, it's I mean, just, it's
1: like, it's weird. Like, I run so much, but. So my dad was a big runner and like, I mean, we ran in high school and like, I would go for runs in the summer, but that's just being a kid. But I mean, we run a lot in the military, but that's kind of like forced runs. You know what I mean? Like I I wouldn't be doing it on my own, but what's weird is that I don't like running either. Like I I don't enjoy it, but what I've learned that I'm starting to enjoy, especially like on the longer run. So like a longer run for me now, and and I don't mean this to be like everyone to think I'm like a cool guy or conceited or anything like that, but like a long, easy run is probably between like seven to 12 miles. You know what I mean? So it's kind of nice to be out for that. It's two hours mostly just by yourself. Uh, I listen to your podcast a lot or I just like will just have no headphones and just kind of like play scenarios in my head and think about like business and things at work and like just clear a bunch of stuff. So like when I'm done, all this stress and all this shit that's been bothering me all week is kind of like released, which is nice. But so I really enjoy that. And that's something that I've been, it's kind of like meditation at this point, but the actual physical part of it, like I hate it. Like it's it's so annoying. And especially now when I'm, you know, I'm a little bit older and my body's beat up a little bit. So I got to spend 15 minutes just getting ready. Like when I was younger, I used to just step out go go for a run, run down the road, don't stretch, don't do anything and come home and eat White Castle. But now I got to like get up, and I got to <laughs> foam roll, I got to roll my ankles, I got a whole routine, I got like resistance bands, it, it sucks, but it's better than nothing, you know. And like I look at some of my buddies like that I went to college with or like law school with and they just look like shit, man. Like I have some people that have gained so much weight, like they're almost unrecognizable or like they just go out and drink every night after work and they got like fucking like bags under their eyes and they just they just look bad and i'm like if nothing else i just don't want to i just don't want to be that like i don't want my son to like want to go play catch and it's like a struggle for me to get up off the couch because i'm just trash you know so it's just like it's real i'm i'm happy that (laughs) i'm not that right now and you know but we'll, we'll see so the the running's easy riding i mean the road bikes aren't that bad the seats are wildly uncomfortable but you kind of get used to it and then you got these shorts that have like padding in them and everything but the swim is going to be the struggle and my wife's real nervous about it because she knows I can't swim but I'm sure the event <laughs> will have lifeguards or something but I'll you'll keep everybody right. posted well you'll, you'll I'll come right. back I'll... and talk about it
0: yeah you'll come back and uh and fill us in on how it goes but you know honestly I mean it's admirable that you're doing yeah. that and uh definitely something that I think everybody should tr- strive for is to try to be in better shape and you know especially like with you know, parents, you want to be. Yeah. I always think about that too. Like, I'm not in the best shape, um, but I could definitely get in better shape, obviously. And but, um, I mean, I mean you it's want to be wanna, there like for a, your kids.
1: I don't want to lecture people, right? Because I don't know what goes on in your life or what you think. But like, if you, I think that I, I don't want to say physical fitness should be a priority, but I think health should be a priority, right? And like, it, all it takes is, I mean, you got to eat healthy, right? But like, as far as like physical activity, like 30 minutes a day, even if you're just going for a walk, but. There's so much out so much content out on the internet, right? Like there's every single beach body uh program or whatever is on is on demand now. So you can get like the Beach Body on demand. They got Peloton, Gymshark. Just do something. You know what I mean? Just throw it on there and, and just do it and 15, 20 minutes later, you'll be good. And that's my advice. Take it or leave it. But I'm also not a fucking fitness expert, so don't listen don't listen to me. I don't care.
0: Well, that's the other thing is like you know, i agree with you um i definitely need to take that advice and and do better but like it, yeah but I mean, you that, play something uh,
1: you got your beer league hockey which is i mean that's no joke I'm, I'm sure that that's a workout for most people
0: it's definitely a workout dude like honestly i wore a fitbit one time while i played jay and i think i it, it said i took like twenty five thousand steps in one game just <laughs> in terms of striding but like it's definitely a workout it's um it's hard but like we're only getting older you're getting older every day you got to just yeah. take care of your body and i uh you know i appreciate what you're saying and i think the listeners will too and again dude this is this is awesome And I, I this definitely. is one of the the best podcasts I've, I've had so far it's been entertaining it's been fun um oh, i love having you, you just, on so i appreciate you just, You, you on. say
1: that's all the pretty girls <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no i definitely appreciate you coming on and uh hope you'll come back soon and um uh, you know we'll, we'll check in on you in a little bit and see how that iron man's going
1: yeah, absolutely, man. Anytime you want me, I'm always happy to be here. It's a great time and, you know, I've been listening to your show a lot, so it's been helping me get through some some long nights of changing diapers, so I appreciate it. <laughs> All
0: right, man. Sounds good. I'll talk to you later.
2: My mama always said I was just like a star, I was in her sky, and now that I'm shining I see why, say baby I ain't just talking, I really do my, my, my motherfucking thing and that's till I die, I go hard so hard on them shine bright like a star on them stand out like the hairdo on Marge on them Simpson, I'm different, you cliche, my Lambo's Mr. Simpson It's orange, call it OJ Ungrateful or angry, no way I almost died twice, so my smile is on Colgate God is great, life is good, so I'm okay I got a plaque coming and a chick who tastes like rosé The amputated quote me, so potent you can smoke me I'm in the sky, bitch, telescope me New sports car like fuck a 10. I'm literally riding off success and I'm loving it Just like a... Just like <sighs> oh, bitch! Oh, oh, bitch! Oh, oh. Do it yeah. my, <sighs> my mama always said I was just like a star, I was in her sky. And now that I'm shining, I see. Say, baby, I ain't just talkin', I really do my, my, my motherfuckin' thing, and that's to uh, like, I go hard, so hard on them. shine bright like a star on em', can't lead the game alone, I'm going Brett Favre on em', and my teachers used to tell me ain't no guarantees when it come to rap, but I went, she go to barge on them I made a reality of my fantasies, Now a sedan, I wear a fortune and whiter than vanna B. Clean cut, clean fit with the Jordans on that he wore when he beat Barkley for the chips. But still, I remember standing in that line at McDonald's with burger money but couldn't afford that meal. Now I'm in France at the Sofitel, rice and bill, glass of ice, ginger ale, and I'm loving it. Yeah. Love it. Do it all the time, out my, mind. my mama always said I was just like a star. I was in her sky, and now that I'm shining, I see why. Say, baby, I ain't just talking. I really do my 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 motherfucking thing, and that's till I die.